Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I hope you didn't do what I, what I did. Wasted my time watching that ridiculous speech. Man, oh man, oh man. He can just lie and lie and lie. However, there was a beautiful, beautiful silver lining uh, to this horrible president's State of the Union address. Um, he was called out on his lies right to his face. They were thrown right back in his face. You know, the media won't do it. Um, he's in a little cocoon, a little bubble everywhere he goes. He doesn't, he's protected. Um, but to hear it, to see it, uh, when they just, some of them burst out loud laughing. Some of them just yelled out, you lie, you lie. And all kinds, it was raucous. It was kind of like the UK. Hey, do you remember it was during Obama? There was one guy, just one guy, I think from South Carolina, who called uh, Obama a liar when he was lying. <laughs> uh, last night, it was... Uh, a lot more people than that. Uh, let's see. You know, they're always trying to say, oh, Republicans, watch out. They're going to cut your Social Security and Medicare. You can't trust them. Well, this is all. That's a lie, by the way. These things are untouchable. Republicans feel that way. But they just try to make us the boogeyman. Uh, cut 13, please. Cut 13. How's this for pushback? Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant... Freaking liar. But it's being proposed by individuals. Bastard. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Yep. Look. Folks. The idea is that we're not going to be we're, we're not going to be moved into being threatened to default on the debt if we don't respond, <laughs> folks. All right, good, 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 good. He needed. To, now it made no difference to him. None. He's arrogant uh, above all else. Totally arrogant. Has nothing, nothing to be arrogant about. Doesn't have an intellect. Doesn't have integrity. Doesn't have nothing. Everything he has. Everything. Uh, from government service. He's got $3,000 suits. Look closely, by the way. He he dresses, uh, he has more clothes on him than most people make in three months, three months of working. This guy is rich. How did he get so rich? He spent three years of his life, three years of his life in the private sector. Be, be, <laughs> private sector. He was a low man in the totem pole in some, uh, the fourth rated law firm in Wilmington, Delaware. He's the president of the United States. It's a disgrace. And he's rich. He's rich. And there he is kind of like telling uh, telling us how we should run the country, telling people. He knows nothing. He knows nothing about anything. He got really mad at some points. Very strange. What do we have here? Uh, there's some more lies here. Cut two. Two years ago, the economy was reeling. I stand here tonight after we've created, with the help of many people in this room, 
12 million new jobs, more jobs created in two years than any president's created in four years because of you all. Yeah. Because of the American people. Oh, the American people. Spreading the credit around, right? Two years ago, we were just coming out of the two years ago. We were in the middle of the pandemic. What do we got here? Boasting about the oil. This guy knows nothing about energy production. He knows he's <laughs> uh, clean. What does he want? Electric cars everywhere. Cut 11, please. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported his profits, record profits? Last year, they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. <laughs> and beyond that's, that. That's the funny we're part. We're going to need it. Ten years. Ten years, right? Okay, we're all electric. All, ten years left, huh, Joe? Ten years left. <clears throat> that's the laugh out loud part. Mm, let's see here. I couldn't understand what he was trying to hear. He was trying to be funny. Something with the Chief Justice and a game next week. Cut 15. By the way, Chief Justice, I may need a court order. She gets to go to the, the game tomorrow, uh, next week. I have to stay home. <laughs> got to work something out here. What? what, what? She's got to stay home? What? what I, no idea. Uh, let's see. The border. He, he, he pointed to somebody in the audience, somebody who lost a child, I believe, to fentanyl. And that problem is so big. You know, it's beyond just pointing at one person. Sometimes those are kind of like niche, singular issues, you know, sidebar issues. Uh, the country is dying. The country is totally dying. This guy is not taking it seriously. It's funny. Uh, he's said to be a teetotaler. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He's never tried drugs. Um, and yet he doesn't seem to give a damn about the country going down the tubes with addicts all over the place. Uh, but here's that part where he talks about uh, everybody gets upset. I got really upset. Um, uh, where is it? Do we really want to do this? You know what? It, it just well, the best part for me was hearing the the people, our representatives, call him out just to say um, you know, we're not buying it anymore. Okay, I got a thousand clips here. I'm looking for the one about the border. Here we go. Uh, cut 16. We now have a record number of personnel working to secure the border, arresting 8,000 human smugglers, seizing over 23,000 pounds of fentanyl in just the last several months. We've launched a new border plan last month. Unlawful migration from Cuba, Haiti, Nicaragua, and Venezuela has come down 97% as a consequence of that. But American border problems won't be fixed until Congress acts. If we don't pass my comprehensive immigration reform, at least pass my plan to provide the equipment and officers to secure the border. And a pathway to citizenship for dreamers, those on temporary status, farm workers, essential workers. Here in the People's House, it's our duty to protect all the people's rights and freedoms. Hmm. Where's the part where he talks about that, uh, that young girl who's killed by drugs and they start saying, you know what, it's your fault, buddy. 
It's your fault. You're letting this stuff in. You are. Uh, oh, and here's where he's totally out of touch. Back to where he's, you know, in, he's been a United States senator since he's 29 years old. Since before he was old enough to be a senator, he's a senator. <laughs> uh, and he's trying to tell uh, what what is it like in the fast food industry. Non-compete cause? Did you ever hear of a non-compete clause in a, in a fast food? Is that really happening? Cut 14, please. Cut 14. I, I, I should have known this, but I didn't until two years ago. 30 million workers have to sign non-compete agreements for the jobs they take. 30 million. So a cashier at a burger place can't walk across town and take the same job at another burger place and make a few bucks more. It just changed. They just changed it because we exposed it. That was part of the deal, guys. Look it up. Yep. (laughs) It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It's kind of it's democracy. And the damn media won't do it. So uh, so our le- elected representatives did it in real time. Oh, the decorum. What did you think of, I guess it was kind of interesting to watch, uh, what's his name right behind him, um, uh, McCarthy. I thought he did okay. He, 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 you could tell his face, he was not impressed. Every now and then he went to shush the crowd a little bit. I don't blame him for that. You know, but that's okay. I'm not. I'll, 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 how many times have a, has a teacher come in the room and said "shush," and I would still kind of act up? It happened all the time, so it's okay. It's all right. Kevin is still okay. Do we have the Trump rebuttal? We got two things we got to play. We got to hear Trump, and then I, I actually haven't heard. I didn't stay up too late. A damn thing went on for an hour and a half. Um, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas, she gave the the rebuttal. I heard it was pretty good, but did not see it. So, uh, all right, let's hear from President Trump. Yeah, what? Here's the real State of the Union. Over the past two years, under Biden, millions and millions of illegal aliens from 160 different countries have stormed across our southern border. Drug cartels are now raking in billions of dollars from smuggling poison to kill our people and to kill our children. Savage killers, rapists, and violent criminals are being released from jail to continue their crime wave. And under Biden, the murder rate has reached the highest in the history of our country. Biden and the radical Democrats have wasted trillions of dollars and caused the worst inflation in half a century. Real wages are down 21 months in a row. Gas prices have soared and are now going up much higher than even before. And the typical American family is paying $2,200 in increased energy and food costs each year. Joe Biden's weaponized Justice Department, and I'm a victim of it, is persecuting his political opponents. His administration is waging war on free speech. They're trying to indoctrinate and mutilate our children. He's leading us to the brink of World War III. And on top of all of that, he's the most corrupt president in American history, and it's not even close. But the good news is we are going to reverse every single crisis, calamity, and disaster that Joe Biden has created. I am running for president to end the destruction of our country and to complete the unfinished business of making America great again. We will make our country better than ever before, and we will always put America first. Thank you. Man, so succinct, so powerful. 
You know, it's 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 a thousand times better than Ron DeSantis. Oh boy, see those pictures of him? <laughs> He's uh, uh, do I want to make a big deal out of this? Not really, but I, you know, look, it's politics. It's fair game. Uh, I'll get to him in a moment. What was up with the kiss between uh, Jill Biden and Doug Emhoff, who was married to uh, Kamala Harris? Something seems to be going on there. A kiss on the lips? Like definitely like a second and a half kiss on the lips, and then they're grabbing each other's hands. And I I looked at this clip about 50 times. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit fascinated by it. I just... You know who uh, looks embarrassed and looks like, uh uh-oh, you just, (laughs) honey, you can't do this in front of uh, 50 million people. Doug Emhoff, his face gave him away. Something's going on. I'm sorry. We got a lot more important things to uh, to think about and talk about, but something is going on. And you know what? I mean, um, well, Jill Biden, sorry, Dr. Jill Biden. Uh, she stepped out on her first husband. You never hear about this, but a great guy named Bill Stevenson. And by the way, this happens in life. Totally happens in life. America, we elected uh, Ronald Reagan. I mean, divorce. And by the way, there was some talk about Jane Wyman or whatever. Who knows what? But it happens in life. But we don't want it whitewashed, and we don't want people lying to us. And I don't like this, the, the the mainstream media who kept that story away, because Bill Stevenson, a great guy, a real guy who was married to Jill Biden, comes forward in the summer of 2020 and says, you know what, what about me? Joe Biden took my wife. He, she was married to me, and Joe Biden stole her. You can look it up, as Joe just said. You can look it up. Matter of fact, I think I will look it up and play it for all you guys. Because very few people know this story, and it's true. I think, who knows, maybe she's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like Bill, uh, she got bored of Bill. Maybe she's bored of Joe. uh, Maybe. Anyway, can I hear from Sarah Huckabee Sanders? How did she do? This is the uh, former press secretary to Donald Trump. She is now the governor of Arizona. Good for her. And I think she's the youngest governor in the state. She's still in her 30s, right? Let's hear what she had to say, please. And while you reap the consequences of their failures... The Biden administration seems more interested in woke fantasies than the hard reality Americans face every day. Most Americans simply want to live their lives in freedom and peace. But we are under attack in a left-wing culture war we didn't start and never wanted to fight. Every day we are told we must partake in their rituals, salute their flags, and worship their false idols all while big government colludes with big tech to strip away the most American thing there is, your freedom of speech. That's not normal. It's crazy. (laughs) And it's wrong. Make no mistake. Republicans will not surrender this fight. We will lead with courage and do what's right, not what's politically correct or convenient. Good for her. Good for her. She's 40, by the way. Now, Oh, I'm a little bit behind schedule. I'll be right back. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. 
Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, that's like a new sequence of how we're going to do it. Okay, I can live with that. That's fine. Uh, all right, I'm pretty much done with this speech. Oh, except for this. We, uh, he, and he does this at weird moments. He just yells his head off. He just says crazy stuff. Uh, and like shouting, like, like, like it's my fault, like it's our fault, like we did something wrong. Go ahead with that, please. We sunk to 13th in the world. The United States of America, 13th. 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 In the world. And he's wagging his finger. Thank you, thank you, thank 13th. you, thank you. Uh, wagging it so aggressively. Stop it. Don't talk to us that way. Um, Anyway, weird, weird speech. Uh, right now, today, they're having these um, uh, congressional hearings into the Twitter files. You know, remember how Twitter kicked off uh, New York Post from the most important political website in the country when they had that red hot Hunter Biden laptop and Twitter falsely said it was Russia disinformation. That was their excuse, at least. Oh, by the way, facilitated by the FBI. The FBI uh, was warning them all about Russia disinformation. It's Russia, 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 Russia. The whole damn swamp, big tech, Democrat media establishment ran to Joe's defense to protect him. Joe Biden, what in the hell do they owe this corrupt idiot? What do they owe him? Why? But they did. They did. Anyway, hearings are underway right now uh, to get to the bottom of it, although we already have. And to be honest, the uh, hearings are... Yeah, underwhelming in a way because, well, we forgot that this is the way hearings are supposed to be. You have two sides. You have cross-examination. All right, so you got Representative Comer. He's really good, the guy from Kentucky. And we have Jim Jordan, people like that, people we like, and they make their case. And guess who's on the other side? (laughs) You got Jamie Raskin. You got AOC. You know, you got people who push back. They're wrong. I think they're lying, but they push back aggressively. The Democrats, remember what they did to us? (laughs) Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, that will be the opposition. Thanks for nothing. Be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I do want to wrap up this speech. I got to get to this guy, Mark Pomerantz, the new uh, flavor of the moment. Uh, another Trump-hating uh, guy, a lot of them out there, prosecutor, made a big uh, name for himself, uh, yelling and screaming that the Manhattan DA would not prosecute Donald Trump. They chose to not prosecute him over something. He said, they should have done it, I quit, and uh, I wrote a book about it. This guy, he's a walking, talking uh, crime himself, I believe. What a scandal. This book is a scandal. The stuff he says out loud he really implicates himself way more than Donald Trump. His name is Mark Pomerantz, and he is a real lowlife. So far, I've gotten him in about uh, one, two, three, four, five, five lies. One, two, observations that he makes that uh, that anybody can see are a thousand percent wrong. He says something, and it's like it's really that obvious. I'll get to that in a second. Here's another moment from last night. Uh, he tells one of those. Do you know where this started? Ronald Reagan started this tradition. I think it's called a Mikey Skolnick moment where they invite some ordinary American citizen who just did something extraordinary or went through something extraordinary. And they put him up there in the uh, in the seats and the what do they call it? The gallery, the galley, the gallery. Uh, and they acknowledge the guy and everybody goes crazy. And it's a really awesome moment. 
And the first time this was done, I think it was in 1982 by Ronald Reagan, and Air Florida had just crashed into the Potomac River. Anybody remember that? They, they didn't de-ice the wings in time, and the plane took off and crashed right into the 14th Street Bridge. Most of the people on the plane were killed. There were a couple of survivors. And this guy who worked for, like, the government, I think he worked in the printing office, the government printing office, He's on his way to work. He sees the plane crash, gets out of his car, and he sees this woman, a survivor, seems to be the lone survivor, clinging to a piece of ice because it's frozen. It was like you know January, February. And then she, there's a helicopter coming in to uh, save her, and it had a little uh, life preserver at the end of a rope, and she puts her hand through the life preserver, and then the helicopter lifts off, and her hand slips out. And then she's starting to go under. She is dead. And Mickey Skolnick, the guy who works at the printing office, jumps in the freezing cold water and saves her life. Amazing footage. You can still see it um, online if you look for it. Anyway, Ronald Reagan did something brilliant. Brought that guy in. You know, an amazing moment. Everybody can, who could not support something like that, huh? That's just great. So ever since they've been doing these, every every state of the union has some hero, but then... Now they've gotten a little bit, uh, uh, they've gotten a bit more political. Um, let's see. Cori Bush, congresswoman from, members of Congress can invite people. Cori Bush, that crazy lunatic uh, member from St. Louis who pretends she's homeless sometimes. And I think she used to be homeless, but now she's in Congress and she still pretends she's homeless. She invited Michael Brown, father of Michael Brown the guy who was shot and killed by police in Ferguson, Missouri, a completely and totally justified use of deadly force by the police. Just ask Eric Holder, attorney general for Barack Obama. It's in a report, an exhaustive 900-page report about that incident. That led to riots, though, by the way. Remember that, 2014? It was a precursor to George Floyd. At, uh, Black Lives Matter was still kind of in its early stages. Uh, but the rioting and the lies, the lies that were told, hands up, don't shoot. Michael Brown never said that. First, Michael Brown uh, beat up a store clerk. The police officer asked to speak to him, and he charged the police officer and tried to take the cop's gun. Anyway, it did not end well for Michael Brown. But the legend was born, and it persists to this day. So they invited Michael Brown Sr., to um, but he's he's become one of those activists, you know, is always there wearing some T-shirt that says something about some social cause and you know something anti-police. Problem is for Michael Brown Sr. He's part of the problem. He was part of the problem. He wasn't there for Michael Brown Jr. Michael Brown Jr. Um, was a bad kid. I mean, there's goodness in everybody, but outwardly he was a bad guy. Beating up the store clerk, shoplifting, charging a police officer, trying to take the gun. And he was really big and kind of like he's menacing, menacing running around acting like this. Well, one of the reasons he acted like this, according to his mother, is that Michael Brown Sr. wasn't around all that much. He had other things to do. As Barack Obama would say, uh, Michael Brown Sr. was AWOL, was MIA. And unfortunately, absentee fathers, we see that in all kinds of communities, but nowhere is it worse than in the African-American community. Michael Brown Sr. was there for Michael Brown Jr. 
and just didn't show up for the fun stuff like the State of the Union address, uh, the country would be a very different place right now, actually. Uh, All right, so last night they bring in some guy. Tragic story, although I think it's bigger than one guy. He lost his daughter to drugs, right? And you know fentanyl is a real problem. Fentanyl is coming from... Well, it's coming from Afghanistan, it's coming from China, it's coming from south of the border, from Mexico. It's wide open, and it doesn't look like this administration wants to do a damn thing about it. Deep down, I think they want us high. I think they want us strung out. That makes us compliant and obedient. You ever see those pictures of addicts? They're not actually making much in the way of demands. Just give them, give them the drugs. You know, just give us our Netflix. Just give us our sports. Just give us, uh, just give us our marijuana. And we'll be fine. We won't, we won't make any trouble. I think, that's the, I think that's the real direction they want to take us. Anyway, all right, here's the moment. And uh, listen to what the opposition does, the Republicans. It's actually kind of beautiful, sad and beautiful at the same time. Go ahead. Joining us tonight is a father named Doug from Newton, New Hampshire. He wrote Jill, my wife, a letter, and me as well, about his courageous daughter, Courtney. A contagious laugh his sister's best friend, her sister's best friend. He shared a story all too familiar to millions of Americans and many of you in the audience. Courtney discovered pills in high school. It spiraled into addiction and eventually death from a fentanyl overdose. She was just 20 years old. Describing the last eight years without her, Doug said, there's no worse pain. Yet their family has turned pain to purpose, working to end the stigma and change laws. He told us he wants to start a journey toward American recovery. Doug, we're with you. Fentanyl is killing more than 70,000 Americans a year. Big You got it. your fault. So let's launch a major surge to stop fentanyl production in the sale and trafficking with more drug detection machines, inspection cargo, stop pills and powder at the border. Working with couriers like FedEx to inspect more packages for drugs. For drugs. Strong penalties to crack down on fentanyl trafficking. Strong Second, let's do more mental health, especially for our children. Thanks, thanks, with thanks. So, young- just yelling stuff. Just put, what people were saying was, "It's your fault," and then they started talking about the border, 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 border. This guy's going to tell people what to do. This guy's going to tell private industry how to behave. Hey, there was only one thing I kind of liked, but I don't think anything is going to come from it. He spoke about the, you know, when you check into a hotel or you check out of a hotel. And you got a million different fees there, and you got this tax and that tax and this tax and that tax, and the, I mean, it's and then it adds up. It's almost as much as the uh, the room itself. You know, ninety dollars a night, one hundred twenty dollars a night, and then it's like, but you check out, you you stay the hell away from the mini bar because that will really rip you apart. Hey, one thing I hear people don't utilize anymore is uh, pay per view in the room. You know, you used to be able to rent movies. I wonder why that is. Hmm. Anyway. Uh, okay, so there's this guy named Mark Pomerantz who's all over the place, all over the fake news, talking about what a hero he is. I was the one who was ready to prosecute Trump, but my weak sisters here at the district attorney's office would not do it with me. Lots of things to be very suspicious about with this guy. Number one, um, I think he's, I think he craves fame. 
a lawyer who craves fame. He was retired. He's in his set. He was a retired lawyer. He had worked a federal prosecutor and a defense attorney. But did you ever hear the name Mark Pomerantz? No. He's not famous. Now, he, he says in his own book here, I never understood the thrill of seeing or hearing my name in a story reporting on events which I already was completely familiar. I never understood the thrill of seeing or hearing my name. Hmm. And then yesterday, he's on the Nicole Wallace show. And he starts it with, I am so thrilled to be with you and telling this story. It's an important one. <laughs> he says, I'm thrilled. Uh, it's so strange. The Manhattan District Attorney has a thousand lawyers working for him. Yet he got this guy to volunteer his time. He needed a special brain trust of uh, weirdo attorneys, Trump-hating attorneys, to brainstorm new and interesting and um, probably illegal ways to get Trump. To get Trump. All right? So, um, and he kind of admits it himself. I had no particular instructions about what to do or where to start. This is the lawyer talking. This is his book, Mark Pomerantz, uh, The People versus Donald Trump. You know, usually somebody, like the police, you know, they have a complaint from a victim. And the officer stole my, officer, that guy stole my pocketbook. Uh, Mr. District Attorney, I was defrauded uh, $50,000 by this scheme. There's no, so this guy just comes in with no mandate other than to look to get Trump. I had no particular instructions about where to start. I did not know how the Trump team was organized or even how to find the bathroom. Fortunately, we were working remotely in the beginning of 2021, so finding the bathroom was not an immediate issue. Uh, <laughs> now, he dug into the payment of hush money to Stephanie Clifford, which is an old story, by the way. This is in 2021. We knew about that for years. Why does he start there? He answers that for us. I started there because it was interesting and easy to understand. <laughs> I had followed the whole story from the sidelines, and it involved allegations of sexual infidelity as compared to delving into the valuation of various properties. So he goes into this. He goes all in. And he realizes there's really no, there's no crime here. And people are allowed to, um, people are out to write checks and give them to other people. They are. Nobody was defrauded. Nobody was, nobody lost money in this. There was a contract apparently between uh, Stormy Daniels and Michael Cohen, right? That's Okay. But he bends over backwards. Now, wait a second. This is extortion. I can, I, if I can prove it's extortion, he can prove that paying the money is like dirty money, and that's criminal money, and that it's a crime to pay your extortionist. Now, if it is extortion, and that's apparently debatable, but if it is extortion, isn't the person who has to pay the money the victim? Most people would see that as a victim. This guy's bending over backwards to make that a crime. But he's running up against all kinds of barriers. The lawyers who know what the hell's going on, you know, who just kind of want to do their job and go home. This guy wants to make a name for himself. He says the opposite. I come. I came out of retirement for no other reason than than what? Than what? To to not be retired? No, to make a name for yourself, you punk. I see right through your your crap, Mark Pomerantz. Look him up. And then he says this because. Uh, let's see. So to charge Trump with something other than a misdemeanor, the district attorney of New York would have to argue that the intent to commit or conceal a federal crime had converted the falsification of the records into a felony. 
No appellate court in New York had ever upheld or rejected this interpretation of the law. <laughs> like It's never been tried before, but this guy wants to try it out on the president of the United States because he wants to get Trump like every other jackal down there. Huh. His observations are just way off base. He's talking about some of the bosses that he likes, and he likes Cyrus Vance. Cyrus Vance has the uh, physical presence of the Pillsbury Doughboy. All right? that's He looks a little bit like that guy. And he says he cut a lean and striking figure as he walked through the... Lean and striking? I got a bunch of pictures. This guy's as dumpy as anybody else. Anyway, I may be making too big a deal out of it because... But I saw this guy on the MSNBC show speaking to Nicole Wallace the mainstream media's version of a Republican, by the way, for an entire hour. What else did, uh, anyway, I think I'm going to put, do something very interesting with it tonight. It should be very good on the TV show, uh, Newsmax. Hey, by the way, thanks for your help in, uh, fighting direct TV, AT&T, all that stuff. All right. Your calls right when I come back. Greg Kelly on the red apple podcast network. Is this how district attorneys are supposed to function? We suspected that there were skeletons in Weisselberg's closet, if only because he had worked closely with Trump for decades. <laughs> so they go rummaging around that closet. See what they can find. Show me the man. I'll show you the crime. That's right out of Joseph Stalin's playbook. Alex is in, uh, oh, uh, where is that? Silicon Valley in California. Hi. Oh, hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to comment about the commentators who are analyzing and presenting their views of the Joe Biden speech. So I would encourage your listening audience to give greatest priority to those comments from people who correctly predicted uh, the uh, the outcome of the congressional election in 2022 and to give fluest credibility to those commentators who uh, incorrectly predicted it. Because a person who understands genuinely the political environment would be able to give good predictions and that's the way you distinguish the good commentators from the bad ones you know hold on a second i mean uh, thank you for your advice about what we should listen to but uh, i will tell you this i mean um carl rove is wrong about a lot of stuff okay carl rove is wrong a lot um i still listen to him because it gives me insight into that uh that world um most political commentators thought it would be a better year for Republicans. I actually think that they may have cheated. Who do you like? Who do you recommend, Alex? Uh, you mean who do I? Yeah, who do you like? Commentators. You just I, said you should recommend. Who Who do you like? Well, uh, all right. Think about actually, it. Let me know. I like no. Uh, I like a guy who doesn't work there anymore. I think his name is Rich Valdez. Uh, Rich Valdez. I talked to that guy once. He's a great guy. Yeah, you can find him on the radio. Go for it. Go yeah, for he, it. He's terrific. Listen to his show anytime you want. Um, but he doesn't work. All right. Uh, good, good, Alex. Um, what was his prediction? I don't know. I don't know. I didn't catch that episode. Sandra is next. She's uh, one of our favorites from New Jersey. Hello. Can I change my topic from the State of the Union to something about your book? I don't. I, it's open mic time, Sandra. You can say whatever okay. you want. I love it. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Bellagio, Bratton, and Al Sharpton, the, you know, they all wanted to try to improve community relations, but nothing ever happened. So I've been thinking what... Wait, say that again. Say what you just said. Who, okay. what? 
Bellasio, Bratton, Al Sharpton, they all wanted to do good things, but nothing ever happened. Am I Al right Sharpton, that? wait a second. You're painting. I think you're a little bit. You got to hone this argument. Maybe we got to go back to your first topic. Al Sharpton want to create, wanted to improve, <laughs> improve community relations. No, no, I, that race hustler, they, they, he wants to break everybody apart and make money. He's the worst. I know, but they may believe they were trying to. I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that. so. I don't think so. Okay, but here's what I'm thinking. How would it be if we had two parallel police forces? Like, like one would be for crimes, you know, all the, and then the other part of the force would be for the peace part, like stopping the traffic, people in trouble, mental kind of stuff. So, like, two different forces, and then they come together at one. Uh, at yes, a we've been point, waiting for the, Sandra. Now, number one, we actually already have, uh, you know, you have traffic enforcement. You ever see traffic enforcement? They don't carry guns. They look very much like cops. We've got a lot of those guys out there. Um, they're, they're authorized to write tickets and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, you sound a little bit like Joe Biden. No, we 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 got to take cops out of the mental health because if, if it's a mental health issue, you shouldn't send cops in. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no. All I'm saying is have police having two different jobs, like one would be for the crime and the other would be for the, all the other stuff. And and the ones that don't want to all do the, the other crime. stuff, all the other stuff. I mean, it does remind me of what Joe Biden said just the other day about the. Uh, oh yeah, he doesn't want cops to show up when people threaten to jump off a building, as if cops are just going to show up and start blasting everything in sight. That's what he thinks of us because he doesn't know anybody, doesn't know doesn't know law enforcement. Now you got to have law enforcement show up. You know what? Sometimes those guys change their mind and they got to climb down the Brooklyn Bridge. How many social workers do you know how to do that? The emergency services unit knows how to do that. Uh, how about a guy, you know, you try to talk him out of jumping and uh, he decides to take you with him? I mean, you might actually have to use force against a guy who's trying to jump off a bridge. There are a lot of eventualities that Joe Biden did not consider. And, Sandra, with respect, I think you got to go back to the drawing board on this issue. Anyway, you good otherwise? Yeah. Would you like me to say something about the State of the Union or another day? Well, there's the music. <laughs> there's the music. I'd like, I prefer to forget the State of the Union, right? Let's okay. not let's not bring All it up right. again. Uh, <laughs> no, it was a bust, right? You hated it, right? Well, I think that he did better than I thought, and then and then they made me upset. You know, he fooled a lot of people, not us. What do you course. mean better than he thought? He was gibberish, yelling, screaming, lying. Is that better? I don't know. Right, thank you. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, I had this video. It looks like uh, never-before-seen footage from January 6th, but I was wrong. It's one of those crazy fights on an airline because somebody would not give up their seat. Somebody wanted to sit next to their boyfriend. The lady did not want to get up. So uh, all hell breaks loose. There's, uh, the captain is running to the back. There's pushing. There's shoving. There's screaming. There's punching. Um. Oh, by the way, that is the most annoying thing in the world. You know, do you mind? Uh, can I take that chair? Uh, because we want to sit next together. It, it's just one crummy flight. You know, I just no. Once you're seating, once you're seated, you're seated. All right. Nobody should be asking that unless it's a child involved or something like that or an elderly person. But you know what? I don't want to move. Mm, I guess it's very hard to say no. I mean, look at what happened here. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty bad. Uh, all right, the other thing that we had to take care of. I'm sorry. What the hell was it? This is good stuff. We got to get this out there. Um, I there was one other thing about that that was bothering me. One other thing that was bothering about the State of the Union. 
He didn't say anything about China. He actually lied about China. He's very, he's very particular when he talks about China, isn't he? Um, he is very deferential to President Xi. Strange, 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 strange. All right, we'll do this quick. Cut 19, please. Cut 19. Today, we're in the strongest position in decades to compete with China or anyone else in the world. Anyone else in the world. And I'm committed. What about the balloon? I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. <laughs> yeah, right. Look. Let's be clear. Winning the competition should unite all of us. We face serious challenges across the world. But in the past two years, democracies have become stronger, not weaker. Autocracies have grown weaker, not stronger. Name me a world no. leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. Ah. Name me one. You? America's rallying the world to meet those challenges from climate to global health to food insecurity to terrorism ah. to territorial aggression. Stop yelling. Allies are stepping up, spending more, and doing more. Look. Mm. Mm. The bridges we're forming between partners in the Pacific and those in the Atlantic and those who bet against America are learning how wrong they are. It's never, ever been a good bet to bet against America. Never. Oh. Oh, wow. How stirring. What about the balloon? Yeah, are you going to protect our infrastructure after it's already... You're going to protect our borders, our, our integrity... Our sovereignty, after the fact, after the fact. All right, a couple of other little things. Uh, Mitt Romney is making news. Guess what he did? Um, he told off George Santos, my favorite congressman from Long Island. All right, he's the only one I know, actually. Uh, <laughs> just enough with beating up on this guy. It's the it's anybody can say anything about him, anything, including that crazy uh, staffer who obviously was a plan from the Daily Beast going in there to accuse him of sexual harassment. Something very fishy about that story. So George Santos is doing what that guy Elliot Engel used to do from the Bronx. Uh, it's kind of pathetic in a way, but um, uh, we get there hours early, get a good seat on the aisle, so you meet everybody coming in, and you get to meet the president, and uh, you get to be on TV while you shake hands with him. I don't. I didn't see Santos. Did Santos get to meet the president? Did he get to meet him? Anyway, so... Romney comes in because, remember, the senators don't work there. They work in another room. So they come in. It's a special occasion. So they all come in through the main door there. And Romney comes in. And what does Romney do? Uh, Romney jumps on the bandwagon and starts hectoring the guy. You should be embarrassed to be here. You don't belong here. You should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed. Wagging his finger at him. That's exactly what that's leadership, right? The whole world is doing that to him. And Mitt Romney joins the crew. How about taking the guy aside? You know, how about just saying, hey, George, Congressman, how about you and I have coffee? All right. They got a million different little nooks and crannies offices down there. I know nobody wants to be seen with the guy, but you could made a you could have made arrangements to meet him in private. And just counsel him a little bit. He's one of thousands and thousands and thousands of liars who have made it to the United States Congress, including you, probably, Mitt. You couldn't talk to the guy. You couldn't have a little bit of maybe just 
offer him some guidance, offer him, maybe this guy is totally lost, George Santos. Maybe he could use some help. But no, you wag, you wagged your finger at him. You judged him. You just believed everything the fake news has told you about him. That's you, all right, Mitt. That's you, all right. I don't need the fake news to tell me about you, by the way. I know you. Loser. This is a man who got shut down by Candy Crowley. You know, if you don't like Trump, if you're out there and you don't like Trump, just remember who gave us Trump. Now, I happen to love the guy. But I know there are people out there who were freaked out by him. You know who gave us Trump? Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. If those guys had done better jobs, there would have been no need for Trump. And the pendulum would not have swung in that direction, oh, by the way. If you didn't have a president who was as aloof and elitist and selfish as Barack Obama, you never would have had a guy like Trump who could get down and understand the people. And a nominee, oh, by the way, who was just as cold and remote and aloof as Obama, Mitt Romney. That's why uh, that's why he lost in 12. And that's why, well, sometimes it's great. God can do great things. He can take what seems like total and complete defeat and rescue anything, turn anything around, and use it for the greater good. It's pretty amazing. we got to do our part, but he's going to, he knows everything. He knows what's going on. Hey, is uh, Tom Brady going to do a good job as the announcer? I hear he's taking a year off getting ready to be a sports announcer. Mike DeDino is ready right now. He could be a sports uh, guy uh Anytime he wants. He's very good. He's our sports guy here. One year. There's a lot of competition in that area, and it doesn't. Terry Bradshaw is very good. Tony Romo is very, very good. Uh, who else? Jim Nance. I actually like him. For, I, I really don't follow football, but I like these announcers. And I like that guy, Buck. What's his name again? Ken Buck? Who's the guy? Who's the guy? Troy Buck. He's the guy who lets the crowd roar. He narrates. It's very, very effective the way he does it. Joe Buck. Joe Buck, the guy with the hair transplants, the guy who uh, is kind of like manorexic. He's very good. Um, and then there are those who uh, aren't so good. Who's No, I don't want to name names. Uh, Joyce, let me check in with you real quick. You're in Rockland County. Hi. Greg, so nice to talk to you. Greg, I wasn't going to watch it last night because, to tell you the truth, he makes me sick, Biden, to my stomach. Mm. But I wanted to see our side. And I'm not a Democrat or Republican, but I've been voting Republican for the past, well, I don't know how many years. I think I voted for Democrats once, and that was a mistake with Clinton, <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton. The thing is, they, these people, they vote in lockstep. And I noticed last night how ugly they all are. It's like the ugliness they have inside comes to the surface. You mean okay? they look ugly and they're they look ugly, ugly looking? They just look that way. They look wow. ragged and ugly and disheveled. Uh, I mean, uh, look, let's face it. AOC is not ugly. But inside? Well, she's yeah, not inside. all there. I mean, I'm, but you're, say, you're saying it, it, it seeps out to the already. outside. Somebody told me Elizabeth Warren. Did you see her? She looked like a maniac. I mean, I think she, I happen to think she's a maniac. Her looks have nothing to do with it. I actually thought she looked perfectly fine, perfectly presentable. I disagree with her about every single thing. I don't like to talk about appearances. You know what I mean? I mean, look, these, these, these bodies we have, these shells, they're so temporary. They're all going to evaporate. 
you know, there are people I like who aren't, you know, exactly, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, there are people I don't like who are beautiful. It doesn't really matter. It's a shell. It's unimportant. Quite frankly, we spend way too much as a society, I think, worried about the shell, the outside. We do everything we possibly can. You know, the gym memberships, this, that, and the other thing. Um, even even healthcare, which I totally believe in, and I totally, you know, I want to live to be 120. But anyway, I'm, I should stop talking. Um, I don't care about their appearances. That doesn't mean anything to me. Who's the ugly one? Who did you like who was not ugly? Well, I, there was the camera was going around. And most of them. That's. I'm sorry. That's just the way they they appeared, appeared disheveled. I think oh, disheveled. Well, you know, Bernie Sanders I did look clapping like seals. Bernie Sanders did look particularly disheveled. He was wearing a mask. He didn't comb his hair. Uh, I'll give you that. He looked crazy, and he was on his cell phone. And I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm not one of those guys who's like, get off your phone. But I don't think they should be on their phone. I also think the camera. There's too much with the camera. They didn't used to record the state of the union address they got some guy with a camera walking around on the floor it's just a big freak show now it's really it's kind of a turnoff you know i used to want to be a congressman i used to think about that i used to i thought i could be a pretty big congress i have no use for it now a none none i don't want to have any part of it none um all right any other observations yes greg I want to know about those classified documents, okay? Mm. Of course this man is going to run again because you can't indict a sitting president, okay? I heard that something was signed where they don't have to or it's against the law, so to speak. To what? To release anything that's in those classified documents for two years. Uh, to release anything that's in those classified, classified documents. documents. I mean, if it's classified, it's classified. I don't know about it. Look, he, the, back to the original thing you said. It's clear to me he thinks he can run for reelection, and if he dares do that, well, he gives the whole game up. That they have rigged it all over again for this guy, for him, because he can't withstand the rigors of a normal, legitimate, uh, free and fair election process. Right? We know that he can't. He can't. Chris Christie said it the other day. He was. He just can't. He can't. It's impossible. The gaffes, the the physical problems. The falling down, the bumping into walls, he can't. So beware, beware of that. If he runs, we got much, we even have bigger problems than him running. We have problems that they, they have rigged it all over. Does that make sense? Yes, it does, but he's not really running the show. The words are coming out of his I mouth. I know. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. We're on the same page. Absolutely. Thank you very, very much. Hey, there is this also. He was yelling a lot. He was just yelling, and I think that some people say that has something to do with dementia. You know, I don't know for sure. I want to get back to the kissing, the hugging and kissing between uh, Doug Emhoff and Jill. I am more convinced. I'm watching this again, and there's something going on between these two, and it's of a romantic nature. Dr. Jill Biden, I believe, is hooking up with Doug Emhoff, and uh, well, that's obviously wrong, and it could have national security implications. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I don't like this word about America either. Uh, he thinks this is clever. He thinks this is cute. What word do you think of when you think of America? How about freedom? How about liberty? He always chooses this word. Uh, it's wrong. It's weird. I think. Cut four, please. Cut four from last night. When world leaders ask me to define America, and they do, believe it or not, I say I can define it in one word, and I mean this, possibilities. We don't think anything is beyond our capacity. Everything is a possibility. I don't know. I don't know. I think it should be freedom. It should be freedom. I guess a guy who's 29 years old, uh, no talent, mediocre, goes from um, a guy on the street to president of the United States, you might think that uh, maybe that is the key word for you, for your journey. Uh, but for the country you are ostensibly governing, uh, no, I don't think that's uh, the right word. All right, so, oh, here's one of those uh, airline freakouts. Uh, here's what happened. Uh, reportedly, a couple, they were separated. You know, you get those random seats sometimes. So you're on the airline and you're sitting in one place and your significant other is sitting somewhere else. Uh, and a woman was separated from a boyfriend. She goes up to uh, where her boyfriend is sitting, and there's some woman there and says, can I sit in that seat? And she says, uh, no, thank you. And, uh, well, this happens next. Go ahead. Wow. All right. Nobody was seriously hurt. Sometimes I actually wish this would happen on one of my flights. I would just like to record it. Maybe I could break it up. Maybe I could. But uh, flying is so damn boring. It really I used to love it. I don't love it anymore. Looking out the window. I don't know. It used to be an experience, a treat. You got dressed up. And uh, remember, you weren't sure. It was unusual that a flight was fully booked. Right. It was unusual. You didn't like there were always empty chairs. And now it's uh, it's not that way. It's uncomfortable. I mean, when, look, when you think about it, it is also it's a dream. It's a miracle. It's a freaking miracle. You could take a plane. You could leave wherever you are right now. Go to Kennedy Airport. Get on a plane to Iceland and be there tonight. That's uh, that's something else. That's <laughs> and we and we and I, we I bitch and moan about it. You can have a martini and sit in a chair at uh, thirty five thousand feet, moving at five hundred miles per hour. And we still find a way to uh, to be dissatisfied. Well, we shouldn't be that way. I know we should be uh, uh, appreciative. It's very hard to have more than others. It's very hard to really have more than others. Be very, but to appreciate what you have. All right, seriously, who the hell am I? The only one who's felt pangs of jealousy when it comes to uh, Tom Brady and everything that guy has and everything that he continues to get. Now he's going to take a year off to decompress. <laughs> I think I might get, we may get a vacation, you know, sometime around Labor Day. I mean, like, what, what, the, it's just, how much can this guy get? But it's not right. It's not right to envy him. He's got his own problems. Believe me, did you see him yelling and screaming on the phone the day after he offered that retirement and the whole world responded? I love you, Tom. I love you, Tom. And he gets $374 million uh, from Fox Broadcasting to do a job he's never done before. They don't know if he's even good at it. I guess that's its own pressure. And I notice he puts up a lot of videos. Puts up a lot of videos. 
So you think folks who have everything, I've actually been in some pretty cool places. I was in 432 Park Avenue, an amazing penthouse apartment, one of those things that cost $50 million. And 10 minutes after we got there, people are on their phones. 10 minutes later, you're just cruising the Internet. It doesn't matter. Ooh, you look at the view. Then what? Then what? Most of us, when we think about what we would do when we win that Powerball, which the uh, the prizes are out you know, out of this world, I don't like seeing the Powerball tickets. It tells me that you're dissatisfied with your life. You don't like your own life, right? It's one thing to be dissatisfied with components of it. You want to improve, but to to throw the whole damn thing away just because you get lucky and the money anyway. It's not. I, I I'm I'm firm. I I know it's not what it's cracked up to be, and I know where the real answers are, and you know too, right? You know too. Yes, through God, his son Jesus, I believe. And you can read about him in the Bible. Charles Stanley, Life Principles Bible. Give me a moment. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, Sending a very important message to Mitt Romney. I just talked about him. Mitt Romney, I love my Twitter. Have you seen how good I am on Twitter? It's pretty amazing what I do on Twitter. I got to admit, right? You got to admit, too. At Ray Kelly USA, if you want to see what all the fuss is about. Um, I've been known to influence elections with my Twitter. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I'm just sitting back on a couch somewhere, and I'm piping off. And, uh, you know, you find your remarks. Actually, once I was tweeting, live tweeting, a congressional hearing. And that maniac, Jamie Raskin, is sitting there. And he's reading my tweets on live during one of the January 6th hearings which I was totally condemning, by the way. The hearings, the hearings, and him. Um, So here's the latest one. Mitt Romney, famous for losing numerous races for president. Let me make that all caps. And having an elevator in his garage called George Santos a sick puppy. Hey, Mitt, how about having coffee with the guy and giving him some advice? That's what a leader would do. I got to give it one more punch. I got to give it, I got to end it somehow. It's not a strong enough ending. Ed in Rockville Center. Hello. Hi, Greg. Hi. I got to talk to you about anything, but I look at Joe Biden yelling and screaming. I also want to talk to you about the first America warehouse where you're going to sign your book. But back to Joe. Yelling and screaming, the only one that reminds me in history of that is Hitler. Adolf Hitler, because the way Joe speaks, you can't process it fast enough, but you know it's a lie. And you, you just, your, your, your head shakes. Thank God Marjorie Taylor Greene yelled out, liar, liar. Right. You know what? I'm and- going to say one thing, though. You can actually process the lies. You can. You can. And the, the thing is, he's called, a, the media weren't there. Like, it, they could react in real time. Where's that thing about the Social Security? Listen to this. I don't think it's hard to understand. You can hear him lying. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. Some of my Republican friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Unless I agree to their economic plans. All of you at home should know what those plans are. Instead of making the wealthy pay their fair share, some Republicans, some Republicans want Medicare and Social Security to sunset. I'm not saying it's a majority. Let me give you, anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy 
I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Well, I'm glad to see you. No, I tell you, I, I enjoy conversion. You know, it means if, if Congress doesn't keep the programs the way they are, they'd go away. Other Republicans say, I'm not saying it's a majority of you. I don't even think it's even a significant but it's being proposed by individuals. I'm not politely not naming them, but it's being proposed by some of you. Look, folks. Liar. Is Fantastic. Ed, we be... could hear it. We could totally hear it. We could totally hey, understand hey, it. We hey. understand that we're being hey. lied to. But the difference was we, we had our elected representatives were able to yell right back, throw those lies back in his face. They needed... They needed microphones, Greg. And when I we got the before, point, we got the point. It's not set up that way. You know it. I mean, we got we heard it. We heard it right there. When you called him a bastard before, it just hit home for me. And I'll tell you about it. Did time. I really say that? Um, well, you know, I did. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Actually, I really. Yeah, it just came from the gut. Right. I, 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 it came from the gut. I think John Casamitini loves you. He loves you, so he wouldn't say anything. But if you look at Hunter Biden. He's like an abused kid. And, you know, when you don't like your reality, I think that you go to drugs and alcohol to change your reality. And it doesn't do you any good, but um, it still changes what you suffer with, which is what he suffered with Joe. I, Joe, you, know, you, you have a cut there. You must have it. A cut is that the cut is he was running for senator and his words were, I will prostitute myself. For anybody that gives me money. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I remember that. It was 1974. I played it before. Yeah, and he says a bunch of weird things there. The guy says, uh, look, we understand that you're not corrupt, but you know, what would you do to fight corruption? He goes like, well, I'm not sure you should assume that I'm not corrupt, but thank you for the compliment. <laughs> and he's very cocky, and he's very dangerous, that cockiness, you know? And he's had it his entire career. Every room this guy has walked into since the age of 29, he's been the biggest shot in the room. Can you imagine that? A dumb, uh, unaccomplished, um, no-integrity guy like Joe Biden is the biggest guy in almost any room he's been in for the, his entire life. Except, you know, White House, things like that. Everywhere else. At home, in the whole state of Delaware, wherever that guy goes, he's a prince. It's wrong. I went to a high school with a bunch of bullies. And he is a bully the way he yells and everything. It's like, I'll take Trump out behind the shed and beat him up. Come on, Joe. Yeah, I know. Oh. Hey, do me a favor. Thanks. I got I, I want to hear this James Baker testimony. If you can pop, pop it up, all right? It's all of it. This is James Baker, the crazy lawyer, FBI guy who worked for Twitter and prepped the battlefield for the Hunter Biden laptop to be falsely and knowingly labeled Russia disinformation. All right, see what you can do about that. Thanks, Ed, very much. Oh, what did you want to ask about the book signing? Um, no, I want, to, I want to ask you, have you ever been to the First American Warehouse? No, I'm going to be there on the 18th, though. Uh, so I had it the day before my birthday. All right, I'm going to be there on the 18th, okay? Request. What? Picture you and your dad, they're going to put on the wall. It's the most patriotic place you've ever been to in your life. You're going to All right, I'm going to be there on the 18th. I appreciate it. Let's go to Washington, D.C. right now. Pump up the volume. went through this in the January 6th committee where oh. uh, multiple witnesses asserted attorney-client privilege. Oh, man, we just, we just missed, we just missed Jim Jordan. Now uh, it's Jamie Raskin. Court to decide, so I don't, think there's, I don't think there's anything we can do within the committee at this point, unless I'm missing something. We'll... we'll give you one more chance to answer the question. If, if you don't answer it, then we'll have to uh, deal with it after the committee hearing. 
Mr. Yeah. Baker, could you yes, answer sir, the question, I, please? I apologize, but I, I, I believe I have ethical responsibilities to my former client, and I don't think I can go beyond what I've said already. Oh, this uh, snake. This snake. This snake. He knows. And these guys are getting off on it, quite frankly. These witnesses too often. You know, it's very hard to prove this case. Very, very hard. So much is done with a wink and a nod. They know what they're doing, but there's no paper trail, and they got these – well, there is a bit of a paper trail with the uh, Twitter files and with Mark Zuckerberg shooting his mouth off. This James Baker, gosh, now he was the lawyer at the FBI, general counsel of the FBI, and that Clinton campaign operative who has phony information about Trump and Russia calls him up and says, I want to give this to you. I'm not with the Hillary Clinton campaign. I'm just a private citizen. James Baker says, sure, come on in. Do you have my room number? Yeah, I know exactly where you are. Uh, I have a building pass. Don't worry about it. I'll be there in 20 minutes. And this guy then gets a job at Twitter. James Baker is his name. He is a Democrat operative, and he is talk about undermining democracy. This guy is dangerous, and now he's playing this game, playing this game. Mm. And they're getting away with it, quite frankly. They're getting away with it. Uh, uh, Chris in Westchester. Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, uh, uh, Greg. Mm. Uh, about defund the police. We've heard that so much. What did the defunders exactly want to take away from the police? Did, have they ever been asked? Has anybody ever thought about that? Do they want to take just have less police? They want to take. Uh, well, the defunders want a lot more than. Uh, uh, defund. They want to cancel the police. Look at it. They want to abolish policing. They also want to take it over politically. Look, I will tell you this about defunding the police. Um, it's not been an issue. The police departments, generally speaking, are well-funded. It's not been about that. It's a, a catchy mantra that actually has worked to our advantage, conservatives, because even even middle of the rotors don't like it. it it's, it's more than take away their money. They want to take them away. Cancel cops along the way. Try to make them into a Democrat stronghold like the teachers union. It's really disgusting. It's right out of the um, Saul Alinsky playbook. Uh, and you can look it up, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. That's what they stand for. And it's coming back because of this Tyree Nichols thing, which is a horrible case, that guy, what they did to him. Can you imagine anybody kicking anybody in the face? Can you imagine that? I saw this guy. His name is Martin. I did a deep dive on him. Who is this guy? Who would ever kick somebody in the face like that? Although on the videos, I notice more and more that uh, they're kicking people in the face. Uh, kicking, kicking, kicking. I remember growing up, you were not allowed to kick. You could be in a fight. You could punch, but you couldn't kick. Right, Chris? Yeah, that's right, Greg. Uh, one more thing then, Greg. You predicted that uh, that uh, who wouldn't uh, let it turn out? You said that, I can't hear. You're very muffled. You're very muffled, Chris. Okay, I'm sorry, Greg. Well, you said that uh, you didn't think Joe Biden would finish his term. Yes, I stand and by that. I stand by that. I just can't see this lasting. I can't see this lasting, and I still don't think he's going to get the nomination. Yeah, could be wrong, but that's what I uh, that's what I uh, that's what I feel. How about you? And, well, uh, I don't know. But then you said uh, you didn't think that uh, Eric Adams would finish his term. That's right. I, I my list is is growing. Look, I think yeah. these people are terrible, and um, uh, this is uh, this is my sense. 
Now, I could be wrong because the left, and you can see they're impregnable and they're they're disciplined. They're disciplined in a way that Republicans aren't. And I actually don't really want them to be all that disciplined. Democracy is supposed to be, you're supposed to be on different, it's okay that we don't march in lockstep. At least it's supposed to be that way. Anyway, Chris, what's your point? I have a feeling you're a bit of a skeptic here. No, no, I'm with you, Greg. I hope all this happens. I get my hopes up whenever you make a prediction. But then you also <laughs> made it about, about Kathy Hochul. Uh, and I just hope that happens. But, uh, you know, you've got, there's a lot of things that have to come uh, My through. list is growing. My list is growing. Listen, I know. Look, uh, I'm not Nostradamus, okay? The biggest thing, my biggest prediction, and you can look this up, on June 16th of 2015, I said Donald Trump will be the next president of the United States. I said it out loud. My comments are on Access Hollywood. I was pilloried. I was mocked. I was cyberbullied for, that wasn't that long, maybe 12 hours. How could he be so stupid? How could anybody think, laugh out loud funny? But I was right on that one, and I think some of these other things, not all of them, but a lot, I'm going to be right again. Hey, thanks, man. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. All right, that tweet is almost done. And here's how the here's how it works to do a good tweet. I knew I had to finish it with a bit of a with some punch, right? So here's the final product. Uh, first, I got a picture of Mitt Romney and the moment where he confronts George Santos and calls him a sick puppy and an embarrassment, and uh, just a horrible thing. I mean, really, a guy's the guy's in distress, all right? And the guy probably does have some problems, you know. Um, a lot of people have problems. The whole world is bullying this guy, George Santos, right? The media is waiting out outside his office, outside his house, hounding him, looking up everything he's ever said about anything. Uh, I think imposters are entering his office trying to catch the guy and something. So, so Mitt Romney finds it. Mitt, Mitt Romney is, um, is a billionaire. Mitt Romney is um, a devout Mormon. Uh, Mitt Romney is, uh, you know, he's got it all going on, right? <laughs> United States senator, uh, fabulously wealthy, has been around, knows what's up, I would assume, a little bit. And instead of uh, offering offering a hand, saying, young man, I'd like to have a talk with you. Call my office or I'll call yours. Let's have a talk. Instead, what does he say to him? You're an embarrassment. Go home. You're an embarrassment. Is that any way to win somebody over or to open their eyes? Of course not. So here goes the message. Mitt Romney, famous for losing numerous races for president and an elevator in his garage, called George Santos a sick puppy. Hey, Mitt, how about having coffee with the guy and offering advice? A leader might do that. And speaking of dogs, didn't you put a dog on your car roof? <laughs> Get it? Get it? Who remembers that? Does anybody remember that? He put a dog on the car roof. Uh, hey, uh, let's see here. Peter. Oh, Peter. Garden City. Garden City. Hi. Hey, that, that's me. Um, one word I want to use that nobody's using, and I can't believe that everybody's talking about impeaching Joe Biden. I have a case of treason. Okay? Nobody uses the word treason. Yeah, people use it a lot. People up- use it all the time. Oh, yeah? You name me one person that used the word treason. Nah. Name one. 
uh, uh, Curtis hey. Curtis Sliwa did about ten seconds ago. Oh, I passed God. him in the hall. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. Yeah, hear it all the time. And I know it's yeah, not that far fetched. It's not that far. People are throwing that that word around all the time. It's not as powerful as you think. It's just a uh, remember what they said about Trump. Anyway, keep going though. Keep this is more than about all, one word. I'm, I'm a news. I'm a news junkie. And you don't hear this all right. nowhere. I work in the news, okay. and I hear it all the time. All right? So anyway, uh, forget yeah. about the word. Forget about the word for a second. What's the larger point? Person, other than Curtis, here you have a guy that gave, gives up our energy, number one. He gives up our Air Force base in Bagram. He gives up billions of dollars of ammunition. He has a balloon flying over the United States where it's right over Montana where our silos are located. And nobody says nothing. All right. Hey, listen to this. Listen to this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Peter. You're not the only one to make these uh, observations. I appreciate that you are. But I'll say this. His behavior, if I didn't know, is damn near treasonous and just might be treasonous. All right. You don't let our enemies fly a damn balloon containing who knows what over it unless your loyalties are not with the United States. And if they're not with the United States, if he's doing the bidding of China over us, that's treason. All right. So, Peter, you heard it here. Yeah, I heard it from you, but I don't hear it nowhere All right, Peter. I, 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 job right. Thanks, Peter. Uh, let's see. Jim in Afton. You're talking to me. Jim, hi. Hey, Greg. Yeah, I say treason every day. I hear John Katsimatidis say treason on one of his commercials. It's definitely treason. I, Joe Biden is our Judas. Think about it. I think God had his sovereign hand over the founding of this country, and Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Biden sold out the United States for $30 million. It's been adjusted for inflation. He really is our Judas. You know, there's something else that I heard, uh, that great powers never make it their third century. You know, um, Rome collapsed after three centuries where they were really on a roll. Uh, Greece as well. And that could be happening to us. The third century, America's third century. We're not, uh, boy, oh boy, we're... We're in bad shape. And, oh, by the way, we're halfway into it. Yeah, we're halfway into the third century of America. Did you know that? It's halfway. It didn't start in the year 2000. It actually started in 1976. So we're about halfway. All right, Jim. Hey, man, are you on the truck? Yes, but you were saying about the drugs. I think a lot of this has a spiritual aspect of it. Demonic influence attacks cracks in our soul from sin, occult practices, but also alcohol, alcoholism and drugs, you know, if, if they're cracks in our soul. And when you, you're you on drugs and alcohol, you have, you lose the inhibition to do the right thing, and you are, you are under spiritual attack. I'm a big believer in spiritual warfare. All right. You know, and- Keep it up. Keep it up. Safe driving, too. All right? You're a good guy. And I'm going to wrap things up with Roberta in Queens. Hi. Hi, Greg. Greg Kelly for mayor, please. You know, I'm having second thoughts about that. The thing is, uh, I don't know. I, I don't trust the systems. I don't trust the electoral systems. You know what they would do to me? A, a, a Trump guy, all the stuff. I, I feel like they would rig it against me. It would be one thing. If I campaigned for a year and a half, me versus Eric Adams, uh, a year and a half campaign and an up and down vote on one day in November, I could beat his. Oh, I could beat him bad. But mail-in voting and the unions and this, that, and the other thing and the election board, I don't know. Anyway, Roberta, what else? I was calling about Donald Trump. I heard a report that Stormy Daniels was ordered by the court to pay Donald Trump $350,000 
in damages. How uh, come they don't talk about that more? You know, that's a great point. That is a great point. You're right about that. Nobody mentions that. I remember it. It was buried. And then this guy, Mark Pomerantz, who's actually written a book, a book about the whole damn thing, uh, he deserved. Oh, you're right. That's not in the book. I wonder if that's in the book. I'm up the page, chapter four. Hey, uh, Roberta, if you watch my Newsmax show tonight, I may uh, remind everybody about what you just reminded me about. Listen, I got to go. Uh, the Newsmax show is uh, beckoning. Oh, I'm going to be on the Sebastian Gorka program. You know him? He's great. Uh, the other thing is, if you want to help us out with our horrible, um, we've been treated so horribly by DirecTV, AT&T, uh, you can go to IWantNewsmax.com. You can call AT&T. You can let them know how you feel. Uh, join the thousands of others who have let it be known that they don't like cancel culture and they don't like the stifling of uh, our speech, our conservative views, and we think we've been targeted because, yes, we do lean a little bit to the right politically. That's okay. Supposed to be okay. This is still America, right? Isn't that right, Tatiana Ibrahim? This is still America, ma'am. For the time being, it is. All right. I want Mitt Romney to think about what I talked about. I'll be. I'll see you tomorrow. Many thanks. Thanks.